Okay, welcome back to a special edition of The Crew with this breaking news of the day. The Jets benching quarterback Zach Wilson on a Wednesday already. And mm. so you know that this is big news in New York and New Jersey. I'm not even expecting to hop on. It's Thanksgiving. Want to get into my sweet potato <laughs> stuffing and my turkey. But we have a special guest, a former Jet himself, Leger Doosable, to react to what's going on. And even more, first of all, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, good. So, listen, uh, even more so than that is the fact that you were not even expecting this. You're surprised by this. Why, after what you saw happen in the game and also in the way that Wilson comported himself in the press conference? Yeah, I was a little bit surprised, JoJo, only because you take this guy number two overall just less than a year and a half ago, right? And I was thinking they were going to give him at least the first half versus Chicago Bears. But I love it from Robert Sala. It's, it means that the other 52 guys are just as, as important on this team just than the one quarterback that you took number two overall, right? And the way your defense has played this year, right? They're not playing at a playoff level, JoJo. They're playing at a championship level. Like, they held mm. the New England Patriots to a three-point game. They only gave up three mm -hmm. points and lost in 2022. That is unheard <laughs> of, right? This defense <laughs> has been dominant week in and week out. They got a rookie corner that most likely will be an all-pro corner this year, right? Quentin Williams deserves to be in a defensive player of the year category. I believe he has eight sacks from the defensive tackle position, which leads the NFL. Carl Lawson has come back from injuries, wreak havoc off the edge. John Franklin Myers, like this front gets after you. CJ Mosley is a tackling machine. Quincy Williams has grown into his role. And DJ Reed, opposite of Sauce Gardner, should be getting Pro Bowl votes because he's locked down guys on the outside. So if you're Robert Sala, it's hard to look at those other 52 guys in the eyes and say, I'm going to do what's best for the team. And you roll Zach Wilson out there again. So then after why? What he's but, done. But, but that's my point, then, Lizette, because let's go back and forth here. But that's my point. Yeah. So then why did you think that Zach was still going to at least get a half? Because I think when you take somebody number two overall, and the consensus is like you give your young quarterback at least two years through all the bumps and bruises. But sometimes the team, JoJo, just progresses faster than your quarterback develops, right? And in those situations, you cannot waste the performance of the playmakers you have on offense for one, but then. The, the performance that your defense routinely has been putting out week in and week out. But you know what I think the, the, the last straw was, JoJo? And it's what yeah. you kind of talked about in the intro. It was yeah. the accountability factor, yeah. right? I go back to last year's game versus Tampa Bay Bucks, and the Jets have the Super Bowl defending champs on the ropes, right? They score a touchdown. They go, they go up two scores in the game. So instead of kicking a field goal and going up, by, I believe, seven or eight, Robert Sala decides to go for it on fourth and two from the two-yard line, right? Mm -hmm. Mike LaFleur, perfect play call. He has a speed sweep to Braxton Berrios, who had been balling that game last year, had a receiving touchdown and a rushing touchdown. But Zach Wilson has a check on the play now. Mike LaFleur, in the hindsight, protecting his quarterback, saying, I should have took the check off. But no, right? You give it to the playmaker that has been balling, that has got you down on the field. Take the check off. The quarterback has to understand. On fourth and two, it's hard to get a quarterback sneak in the NFL. Jojo, it's damn near hard enough to get one yard. Not alone when you're going up against Vita Vea head up on the center, and then you got William Golston and Dominican Sue. You're not sneaking that for two yards. So Zach Wilson decides to go with the check, essentially saying the A-gap was open when it wasn't open. I watched the film. There was, the A-gap was closed, right? 
you give that ball to Braxton Barrios, you beat the defending Super Bowl chance. But because he decided to sneak the ball, they stopped the Jets. And, of course, Tom Brady went down there in a two-minute drill and won the game for the Bucs. Now, after, they asked him about that, and he even talked about the check. And instead of saying, you know what, I made the wrong play, this one's on yeah. me, I'm going to yeah. get better from this and learn from this. He he talked about everybody else but himself. Same situation in the New England game this last week. Your defense holds them to three damn points. A reporter asked you, do you felt like you let the defense down? And quickly, with confidence, JoJo says, no, no. Like, it was just a smug and arrogant response. Like, well, he you was know just what, better than everybody. Leger, uh, Brian Costello was on the show the other day, and and his feeling was that, and that's the uh, the writer that covers the Jets for the yeah, New York I know Post. Brian. Uh, not for you, obviously, for the people. Yeah, uh, I got you <laughs> on the stream, Leger. So, what yeah. one of the things that he said is that he doesn't even really think that uh, Zach Wilson feels that way. It was just really more so a defiant answer to that reporter and or just the media as a whole, not wanting to give that up to the media, not excusing it because obviously. We still have yeah. to recognize the, the the audience, the camera still on right. and or not even just the audience, but how that would translate. So but I, I still think that there is a degree of that that's true, like in his heart of hearts. Do we feel like he feels that way? No, but his lack of awareness to not have the right answer in the moment for the media and or for how that would resonate to the team you know, still uh, converges at that point, right? Well, I would say this. I understand where you're coming from, right? It's an emotional game. I played it for a decade in the NFL, and there's certain things, once you've had a rough game, that you may black out and not think about. But JoJo, if you go back to all his press conferences, you talk about being self-aware. I mean, you cannot be that unself-aware, right? When there's been multiple times when he's been criticized by his responses after games, when he's taking lack of accountability, there's been multiple. Oh, I'm not times saying where, he should have been not aware. I, you know, I was just saying that. But I'm at just his saying, core, he's, it's a repeat core, offender. I, I can't give oh, him. Yeah. No, I, I'm not giving that. him that yeah. mulligan mm-hmm. because he's done it mm-hmm. multiple times. He's had mm-hmm. multiple. Perfect example: Josh Allen when he played the Bucks. I mean, the, the Jets two weeks ago. What did he say mm-hmm. after that game? Well, it's hard to mm-hmm. win a game when your quarterback plays like we know the word. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Taking self-accountability. And you saw how his teammates came out right away and was like, this is not on Josh. It was more than Josh. Right. The respect that he got from his teammates because he was willing to come out and take that bullet and say, you know what? This game was on me. I got to play a lot better. Zach Wilson has not done that once in his career. Joe so Bill. let me not ask you. One so let, time. So, okay. Okay. So I got I got a question that goes underneath. Then okay. Let's you. let's hear so, it. So where do you think that comes from? I, <laughs> take a deep breath. <laughs> yeah, I have to. I have to, where, I have to where, take a deep breath. <laughs> where do you Where do you think that comes from? I just from? think the kid has never had to be accountable. To be honest with you, like you got to think Why? when he was at BYU, he was always the best best player. Um, you know, he never had to be accountable for anything. I mean, the adversity he went through coming off the injury, maybe his sophomore year was maybe the only adversity he's had in his playing career. You know, so maybe that has something to do with it. Um, they've always been better than everybody they've played at BYU. So, I, I mean, maybe it's just the environment he, he grew up in. And I'm not even talking about his personal life. I'm talking about in college, right? They so were just better than everybody. Is there that locker room now, though, that, you know, can the proverbial yank you by the collar, so to so speak? I'm glad you brought that up, Jojo, because okay. I literally right. tweeted this out. I said, when he came out and said no, no, definitively, confidently, 
I said, Dwayne Brown, I literally tweeted, Dwayne Brown and CJ Mosley need to get this young man to the side and talk to him because he mm. obviously doesn't get it. Right. Mm. When you have an answer like that after you played the way you played, mm. you as the quarterback can lose the locker room. And that is the last thing you want to do because. So you it's do so feel like there are people to gain in the that respect room. back once you lose it from your teammates. Sorry. You do yeah. feel like there are people in the locker room to, to do it. Oh, you there's vets like Dwayne Brown's a perennial pro bowler. CJ Mosley has been a pro bowler. Just not He's a long time ring. jet. Just not a long time jet. Yeah, Dwayne. But I mean, a veteran is a veteran in this league. Right. 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 Respect mm -hmm. needs to be paid. Homage needs to be paid. But CJ Mosley's been there. Right. So I literally tweeted CJ first and then I tweeted CJ and Dwayne because you probably mm -hmm. need one guy on offense as well. And he's mm -hmm. the most veteran savvy guy on that offense. He's been in the playoffs, right? He's mm -hmm. won a Super Bowl. So that's why I said one offensive guy. But CJ has been in the locker room. He's been there when the Jets have struggled these last few years. So I think a guy that with the leadership that he, you know, brings to the table, I think CJ Mosley would have been a perfect guy to talk to Zach. And and maybe he did, maybe he didn't, because you never know where somebody's emotions are after you put a performance up like that. And then you hear your quarterback saying, he doesn't owe the defense anything. He doesn't think it was his fault. Well, he didn't say he didn't think it was his fault, but he says he didn't feel like he let the defense down. So, you know, I don't even know how I would have reacted, JoJo, as a, a veteran guy on that team. Like, it might have took me a day or two to be like, all right, now I'm going to go talk to Zach. Because if I talk to him right after the game, some other words <laughs> might come out of my mouth because you have the gall to come out here and say you don't feel like you let us down. Mm, well, I know Brian Urlacher was on my program yesterday, and he was saying they used to have – uh, Owen Cruz, who would uh, take care of stuff like that in the locker right. room as far as uh, the cleanup on on aisle one, you know, when it comes to things like that. But I do feel, you know, even just in dealing with people, right, Leger, and be being an insider, you know, a reporter, what have you, or as insider as I have for 20 years, whatever it's been, I don't know. Um, you come across things, you see things that just kind of give you indications about a person. And I can't say that I'm surprised based off just certain things that I've seen or interactions right. that I've had um, that I'm surprised at what happened at the podium. Yeah. Because I feel like, what? you know, in certain interactions, that was evident. I, I was uh, at the Jets at a um, training camp and had asked him a question, just trying to ask him something that would, I feel like, was one of those characters in the way that questions rather than the way that you answered it would kind of reveal who you are. And I just remember his response to it and his, uh, his expression in his face. It was, um, it wasn't indignation, but there was just something, there was something in the, in the, in the response that I, you know, I, I just, I, I felt it. You see what I'm saying? And and again, I'm not, listen, nobody's perfect. Yeah. I, I've got 900 things that I could correct just from this year and let alone over in my 20s which I'm, I'm no longer so I don't want to peg it as if we're talking from a perch you know these are all things that we learn right as we get older and we have more life experience that kind of knocks our boat in the storm so that we better know how to navigate things and recognize those storms as they come in the future and respond better go ahead Lejay. Yeah, I get 100% what you're talking about, JoJo. I mean, you were kind of talking about this off camera. And was the way he responded, did he kind of have like this half grin smirk look on his face when he responded to you? Because that's indicative of who he's been when he's answered questions from different reporters, right? Mm -hmm. And again, when you're a quarterback, and honestly, when you're in the NFL period and you're answering questions, like everybody is watching how you respond. Every Not aspect. just what comes out of your mouth, 
but your expressions, your body Mm -hmm. language. Like Mm -hmm. those are real things that people are evaluating you on each and every time you're up there. And that's what what goes with the job of being a quarterback. I talked about the Tampa Bay situation and literally, Judge, the first thing I said after he came out and didn't take any accountability, I said, that's a character flaw, right? And a few of Jet Nation got mad at me. And it's funny that after this whole situation- Why? Why they get mad? Because they were like, oh my God, you're just beating up on this kid. I'm like, no, if if you if you saw, I was beating the table for the Jets to take this guy. I actually called his bowl game versus UCF, uh, BYU versus Bo, uh, UCF in the Boca Bowl down in, in uh, Boca Raton, Florida, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't have to play in that game, JoJo. He was going mm-hmm. top five regardless, and that wasn't a big bowl game. I mm-hmm. thought that was a good character. Um, I thought that was good on his character that he decided to go out there with his brothers one more time, knowing what he had on the line and what he was risking by playing in that game. And Jojo, he played all the way through the third quarter and they were blowing UCF out. So I was like, all right, this kid actually has, you know, some good characteristics. But the more and more I watched the last year and the way he handled himself, like he just doesn't handle himself the right way, especially for somebody that's supposed to be the face of the franchise. And it goes back to the question that you asked him and his response and his facial expressions. It's, it's like, and again, I'm not trying to, you know, just pile it on the kid. But it it, it kind of gives off that you're better than everybody, right? And 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 Leger, it's not even about piling on. I yeah. mean, because we are trying to contextualize this conversation to recognize, you know, we're not trying to talk about it uh, on a perch. Nor do I think that anyone who is offering some sort of critique at this point is doing or, or trying to do. But it is okay to have in indications of things that illuminate certain aspects Correct. of, you know, one's personality or just illuminate, uh, you know, the path moving forward or things that could indicate how things could unfold in the future. And, and, and so from that aspect, I don't think it's, you know, unforeseeable or unfair. Um, we were talking, you know, off camera about the games last year, Leger, when, yep. you know, Mike White had a few opportunities to start against the Bengals, 37 for 45, 405 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. He briefly started against the Colts before getting injured, went seven for 11 for 95, one touchdown, no interceptions, a QBR of 93.6. And then against the Bills, that's when he struggled. Zero touchdowns, four interceptions, or what have you, um, did not play well. And I know I had tweeted something earlier on my timeline about something that I had noticed in that game, Leger, speaking of just things that little things that you notice um, that you just take it, you know, to compile a picture. And I just remember... Uh, watching that game or either I watched it full or saw the highlights. I think I did watch that game full. And, Mm. um, and, you know, Mike White was struggling at the time and they did a cutaway over at Zach Wilson. And it just, you know, the way that he looked at that time is just something that I I remembered. And I, again, I can't say that based on certain things that transpired after that loss and the defense played so well, some people might think, oh, that's, you know, too much minutiae. Nah, you know, as an insider, as a person, as an observer, as a keen observer, there are certain things that you do observe that, uh, that you can put a little bit of a composite together. And it doesn't mean that one can't modify and evolve over time, but it also is part of the reason as to why I'm not surprised as to why we are where we are right now. That's all. Yeah. And I think you're talking about, uh, I think the camera panned to Zach and he may have had maybe a smirk on his face. Now, again, we don't know the situation and what was talked about or what was going on, but like you said, we're observing. But but it doesn't matter, but let's just just even go there because of course you cannot, we weren't there. We weren't on the side. Oh, it was a joke. Okay. But, the, it doesn't, but you can go beyond that. It, and I'll tell you why it doesn't matter. 
because it goes back to what we were just talking about in terms of awareness. Correct. You're on the sideline. You know that cameras are on you. The quarterback is in there. The team is struggling. He is struggling. The team is not winning. And that's why that stood out. So regardless of whether you're talking about Poppy Fields in the movie, The Wizard of Oz, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Correct. No, you're 100%, right? You're supposed to be locked in in that situation. Um, You're on the sideline hurt, right? You should be getting as many mental reps as possible. Now, I'm not saying be a stick figure, right? But, you know, it shouldn't be any kidding around when you're losing the game. And people tend to forget, because I know a lot of, you know, Jet Nation was like, well, where do we go from here? Do we go to Joe Flacco, who struggled earlier in this year? Or do we go to Mike White, who, let's not forget, besides the Bengals game, he didn't play well, well. Let's also not forget, let's put this into perspective, JoJo, right? Mm-hmm. Play really well versus a team that went to the Super Bowl, correct? Shredded them up. Then the next week versus the Colts, right? Played really well until he hurt his elbow and was out of that game. I think he, you said he was 7 of 11 for like 94, 95 yards 95, in that game. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't get hurt that game, I believe the Jets win that game as well, right? Mm. Because Josh Johnson came in and threw for 300 yards mm. from the, the late second quarter and on. So mm-hmm. he carved them up as well, too. So every other quarterback has had big numbers in this offense. Let's not forget, after Mike White was benched after the Bills game, who were the number one defense in football, let's not forget that. Zach Wilson didn't play well against the Bills either last year. He Mm. hasn't played well ever against the New England Patriots. (laughs) If you look at what Joe Flacco did, he almost threw for 300 yards versus the Miami Dolphins in a one-score loss. Elijah Moore had a career day in that game, and Elijah Moore had a career game versus the Indianapolis Colts. Elijah Moore has yet to be been able to get a real connection with Zach Wilson. But for some reason, Elijah Moore has a connection with every other quarterback on the Jets roster. So mm. you, you put all this into perspective, right? And again, yes, I was surprised they did it. But looking at it as a whole, I think the biggest reason why was the accountability factor, right? Because that's a real thing in the locker room. You don't want to lose that locker room. And Salah understands what he has and what Joe Douglas has done building this team up the right way. You don't want to waste the performance of the defense and then some of the playmakers you brought in on offense. And two, you feel like you have a real chance at playoff football this year, right? If you just have a quarterback that plays adequate football, we're not even talking about above average football, JoJo, just adequate football. The Jets are probably looking at. And I don't, but I don't want to say that I don't feel like Zach Wilson can't play adequate football because I've oh, certainly seen that. him. And, and I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying I'm yeah. trying to clear. I'm not saying that because um, I, I've seen him ball. So, you know, there are times when he's gotten in his bag and he's in a good place in the pocket. And I don't even mean the actual pocket on the field, but I'm talking about from a, a you know, a, a, a colloquial standpoint, yeah, uh, standpoint, rather. I've seen I've seen him, you know, be in his bag and play and 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 give it to us in terms of balling on the field. So it's, it's not that I don't see that, but I've also seen him. I feel like uh, just kind of disengage from the game in a way when he's not playing well and not really taking care of the moment, each moment, each moment, each moment, as if, as if it, each one is, is very precious. And, and, um, and so I've, I've seen that too. And all of that has to stay locked in because not only are there just so many, you know, games in, in, in a season, but 52 other guys are, are depending, you know, upon you and, and not just for that game, but their livelihoods are ebbing and flowing, you know, with how yeah. you're playing, with how you're playing too. Yeah. And I think you spoke about something right there, Jojo. It's the inconsistency, right? That's the things that concern you, right? When you're a young player, you don't want to see the same mistakes over and over again. And what we're seeing 
some of the things that he struggled with last year are just the simple throws, throws to the flats, throws on screenplays, throws the smoke to uh, a smoke to the receiver where he just turns around and is expecting the ball. The ball's either getting skipped or thrown over his head. And that comes down to football mechanics and fundamentals. And Mm -hmm. you would like to see that progress, especially in year two. But it hasn't for Zach Wilson. And to your point, we've seen him in his bag. We saw it in the fourth quarter versus the Steelers, right? Versus the Bills. He really wasn't in his bag, but he lived within the offense and had a few big throws in that game. And same thing with the Green Bay Packers game, right? They lived with the run game. And Zach made a few throws. He really wasn't in his bag. Uh, you have to go back to last year, the Tennessee Titans game. But to me, that wasn't viable offense because a few of those big plays were broken plays where he was outside the pocket, which we know he loves to do. But you can't live and die with that type of offense, especially in this Michael Floor slash Shanahan tree offense. It's all about knowing where to go with the football when that back foot hits, letting the ball go, and then just making the simple and easy throws, JoJo, and he just has not progressed in that area. Well, a couple other quick points, and we're going to wrap up here too. Just the other aspect of this, which we haven't gotten to, is the fact that Robert Sala has announced that Mm. Mike White will not only start, Joe Flacco will back up and Zach Wilson will not even be dressed dressed. What do you think about that? Yeah, we talked about this off camera and that was a big surprise. And that's why I I go back to, I think it was the accountability thing. Just knowing Robert Sala, I talked to Sala like two or three times a week. He's big on accountability. Like Mm -hmm. the guy that you see in front of the camera, the guy that you see with all the, like that's truly him, Jojo. I know a lot of coaches fake it till they make it. But that's that's Robert Sala in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. That's him 100%. Like, even when we were terrible in San Francisco my last year in 2017, this dude came in with energy. He's still the only coach that I know to this day, JoJo, that wears cleats on the field because he's running after the players after each play just to make sure everybody's running to the ball. He brings energy. That's him. So, again, I go back to it's hard for him to look every other player in the face, right? And talk about accountability, talk about doing your job, all gas, no breaks, and then put Zach out there when he's shown a lack of accountability, knowing that your defense is playing championship defense right now and that you have viable playmakers on the outside, which no Jets quarterback has had in like the last six years. You know what I'm saying, Joe? Like, when you have enough- Garrett Wilson outside, you yeah, bring in sure. two tight ends that are viable tight ends. You got him. You brought Brees Hall in there. And he was having a heck of a rookie year before he got hurt. Got hurt. You've beefed up that offensive line. Like Zach Wilson has had more playmakers than every quarterback has had since Ryan Fitzpatrick has been there. Well, and the other aspect of this too, you know, you keep talking about the buzzword accountability, but I really also just want to talk about emotional intelligence. And mm. and what I mean by that is, I feel like, and I and I talked about this. Uh, you know, did an interview obviously with Robert Sala, and then subsequently did a talk back uh, with TBS and they were asking me, you know, what aspect of that interview that I felt like stood out. And I just, I said, from an overall standpoint, I just feel like in addition to the X's and O's, what you were just saying, the physicality of how he runs practices and things like that is the emotional intelligence, Hmm. the emotional intelligence of how he talks to people, how he listens to people, how he can read people, all of those things, as we talk about just observing as um, a reporter, you know, um, you know, what have you, journalist, insider, um, having interviewed a myriad of coaches, <laughs> executives, players across my entire career. Um, he had he has a high emotional intelligence and it bodes well for him. And it also goes to the conversation of, especially as we get ready to embark upon the coaching carousel of in January and what 
these GMs and teams are looking for when it comes to being able to identify a good coach. Mm. Okay. Well, and what are, and what are, and what are those aspects? And, and, and these are not necessarily things that you can see on a stat sheet, you know, when it comes to even just the player or coaches, there's, there's not a EI, you know, stat for having, you know, emotional intelligence. So, yeah. so how, so how are you able to depict that? How are you able to read that? Do you have the people who can read that? It's not just about getting people, you know, that are uh, leading the team that you feel comfortable with, you know, talking to after the day is over. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You know, yeah. what can they lead? Can they talk? Can they, can they motivate? Can they read people? Can they read a room? Can they navigate the ebbs and flows of adversity? These are the things that you're talking about. An another person I think that kind of comes to mind like that is D'Amico Ryans. Mm -hmm. um, we've been talking about, you know, the relationship uh, that uh, Daryl Bevel has with Tua and, and some of the things that, you know, we'll, we'll go into from a coaching, especially as we get closer um, relative to that relationship. I can have a broader, you know, conversation on that when it comes to the head coach aspect. But you feel what I'm saying, Leger? Yeah. Everything that you talked about to me goes under the umbrella of are you a great leader of men? Right. And Salah is that he's self-aware, he's intelligent, he understands and he knows how to read people. You talk about D'Amico Ryans. I love the yeah, I love D'Amico Ryans, right? Like I was he was with me in 2017 with the 49ers. He was just starting his coaching career, right? And mm. I could tell right away, right, just through our conversations. Now I've I've obviously played against him, but we were both on the defensive side, so we never got to face each other. But mm -hmm. I respected the player he was, but mm. you could tell he was gonna be a great leader of men mm -hmm. and people are Same gonna follow him. Yeah, great characteristic. And you if you watch the Monday night game. Like he is not as animated as Salah on the sideline. But oh, I've seen, no, I've seen, I've seen him do the yeah, whole. But, yeah, okay. I still think I think Salah has toned it down because he's a head coach. But yeah. when he was a defensive <laughs> coordinator, like he was, he, was, bro, he was running out to like the twenty to meet us. Like it's different. Like D'Amico <laughs> still has that fire and energy, and you can tell he's a great leader, man. And there's a reason why he's been elevated so fast with the San Francisco 49ers. Like honestly, I think he should be at the top of the list. Him and Leslie Frazier, as far as you know, teams considering head coaches. And you're about to open this conversation up even more because I actually had this conversation on my Sirius XM show the other day. Like, mm -hmm. I don't understand why GMs and head coaches are so dead put on getting an offensive guru. Like, first and foremost, you got to find a leader of men. Like, you can find a good X's and O's guy, JoJo, right? But can that guy, even though he's bright at what he does on the offensive side of the ball, can he lead men? Are men going to be willing to follow him? That's the conversation that they're ha to have a sidebar. That's the conversation yeah. that they're having in Cleveland right now. Not and, just and Cleveland. Listen, and I, in Las uh, Vegas. Las, well, we, look, we can have a conversation about that really quickly because, and that's the conversation. And and it's not to say that people aren't you know good people or what have you. I'm going to just keep it to Cleveland for now. But mm -hmm. my point is, is that that's the question that you hear amongst, you know, the local media and things like that. Is Kevin Stefanski, you know, just a good offensive coordinator or is he a leader of men? Is it fair to have the conversation when you are uh, missing your starting quarterback or have you seen mm -hmm. enough? These are the things that you have to be able to decide. And oh, the conversation in Arizona, what's going on in there? Let me tell yep. you this if anybody is listening out here, because y'all know I'm always like intimating things, and I do that not because I'm trying to tease, but sometimes you just have to, <laughs> you know, you talk where you can talk, how you can talk. But I, this is going to be a very interesting coaching carousel season, front office, all that's going to be very, very, very interesting. Go ahead. Yeah, it will be because I, I think 
once you see a guy like Jeff Saturday, and you know, that's a whole nother conversation, right, Jojo? He comes in, right, and that Colts team was practically left for dead after Frank Wright was fired, right? We didn't know what was going to happen because I talked to a few players on that team because I played with them. And I asked them, like, how is the situation, you know, with Saturday? They were like, it's crazy, right? But they did love the energy he brought in. And I really love Jeff Saturday. Wait, who said it was press- crazy? Who said it was crazy? I don't, you know. <laughs> we're oh, not doing no, that. I didn't know you were talking about, no, no, okay. So I didn't know if you were talking about players, coaches, or no, or, the players. They, they, I mean, they said the situation was crazy because okay, they've never yeah, been I didn't through that. What group of people you were talking about? Okay, yeah, yeah. Ahead. Some some players. They were like, <laughs> they said like they said the situation was crazy, and yeah, obviously, right? I don't yeah. think that's ever happened before. Like an interim coach from outside the building gets hired, um, you know, midway through the season when you're still in contention for the playoffs, right? And but they said they loved the energy he brought in, right? He changed up some things, and I love Jeff Saturday's opening press conference. Where oh, he was great saying, person, yeah, yeah, great person. But he said, great you know what, deal. I might be terrible at this, I don't know, we'll see after eight or nine weeks. But he's like, one thing I'm not gonna do is back down. He said, one thing I am is a great leader of men, and you could tell this team has responded the last two weeks. Now, mm-hmm. I think they should have won that game versus the Eagles, and uh. if they had, it'd been. You don't think so, Jojo? Up, up by no, no, I'm just saying quarter? it was definitely, well, from two aspects. It was, it was such a big opportunity loss. I mean, yeah, you know, it I, was. We, we would have we been hearing Jim Mercer just going off for oh, still. And, yeah, and then you got to remember my co host, Morris Chestnut, <laughs> is just a huge Eagles fan. So the fact that I just have to keep hearing, you know, over and over where, where they are. But yeah, go, but go ahead. I hear you. Yeah, to, to me, but them even competing in that game, right? I think the line was like almost 10 points in that game, yeah. and they lost it at yeah. the end because Jalen Hurts had his. MVP moment. This yeah. team is just competing better, right? Mm. They're doing they're simpler on offense. They run the football, they get the ball out of Matt Ryan's hands. Which and happens offensive- during changes a lot though, too, Leje. Like just and I think Prince of Mukamara said that on my um he, he popped up on in my mentions on Twitter and said the same thing. He was like, Well, this is what you know, Prince <laughs> 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 this, this is what you get when when you change. That's what happens, you know. It's that energy of change and people responding. Yeah. It's not necessarily the coach, da, 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 whatever he was saying. Uh, yes and no, right? Because there's instances where there's been interim coaches and it's gone left, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's not always true. But right. this offensive line, right? And again, this was a head coach that was a perennial pro bowler at the offensive line position, mm-hmm. at the center position. This was the fourth highest paid <laughs> offensive line in football, JoJo. And they've been downright horrible. For the last two weeks, I don't know what Jeff Saturday said to them. They're playing like they've been supposed to be playing. I'm talking about they are mauling people up front. They've been able to protect Matt Ryan, but that also has helped when he's gotten the ball out of his hands really quick, too. Well, I will well. say that guy that was under Frank Wright, what's his name, Marcus? What was his name, Marcus? Brady. Brady. Yeah, I don't think he should have been sacrificed. I feel like that yeah, was a But that, but and, that and, was the issue, yeah, right? Now yeah. they, they didn't have a play caller. Nobody had called plays. Like, Park Fraser hadn't called plays before. So it was like <laughs> Jeff Saturday making that decision to hire somebody that's never called plays like that could have went left. This could have been a whole circus, but they got the win versus the Vegas Raiders, and they were minutes away from beating the number one team in the NFL. Yeah, well, or would it maybe would have been nice if they would have called back Marcus Brady or something like that? Uh, I don't but... know. I don't even know if he would have came back. You don't. <laughs> but know. I don't know if he would have came. But I did yeah. find it very interesting. Speaking of coaches, really quick as we wrap this up, because uh, I felt like I, I heard Nick Nick Sirianni get a few zings. In the press conference, so uh, I'm, gl- after I'm that. glad you Wait, brought that. Wait, a, a <laughs> so was this about your team or was it about avenging Frank Wright? I mean, I asked that question on my show yesterday. I'm not mad at that because look, my my son is a lion. Frank Wright. So I'm all about the loyalty too. So I can't I can't be mad at Nick for. Nah, I think that was a bit much. 
you know, but, and, and, but speaking of which, that's another guy that I want to give props to because, yeah. you know, when he came over to Philadelphia, I was like, he ain't called play no more. I think a lot of people question that higher. And, you know, he has been doing his thing and now having met him in person uh, uh, several times, I can see why the locker room responds to him. You know <laughs> what I mean? And, and, and sometimes you also really quickly just you need favorable uh, outcomes early. To Correct. really kind of fortify that because you can be that guy, Leger, but then if you lose off top and then now you got to deal with doubt, it just, it makes it so much harder because I really wanted to say, and actually I really did want to say this because the joke about it is, Leger, is that I feel the same way about Nathaniel Hackett. And let me tell you why, let me tell you why. <laughs> I never met Nathaniel Hackett before, Yeah. okay? But when I went to the owner's meetings in March, just right. for you people out there. And oh, by the way, before I expand on that story, Von Miller came and did an interview with me on my show and 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 you know spoke very highly of, of Russell Wilson and how he thought things would go eventually. But to get back to my point, I met Nathaniel Hackett at the owners' meetings, and he's never talked to me from a can of spam. You know what I'm saying? And you know how it can be sometimes, especially if a, a guy is a head coach or has status or whatever, not necessarily going to talk to you. Yeah. You know, I'm a different, you know, whatever. And <laughs> so, you know, um, you know, I'm not a head coach. So, you know, I'm a reporter. And he comes up to me and he just basically has like one of the nicest comments. And it was basically like, I don't know what happened at ESPN, but I know something went down because you know what you were doing. You know what I'm saying? But it was just so random. He, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Was, he just were, came we up to me. It. <laughs> yeah, he just came up to me and just showed, you know, uh, whatever you want to call it. And, and, and yeah. I just appreciated it. But also just to just to say that, you know, one, let me know that he was observant over time, even though I'd never met him or talked to him. Nice you know, approachable. So these are some of those intangible factors that you're talking about when it comes to a person and leader that you are looking for. It's just that first game, you know, was so unfortunate relative to the outcome. It's, it's still like, I feel like is on a treadmill trying to recover from that. I you know? will just tell you this before we move forward with this conversation. Yeah. yeah. It's not Nathaniel Hacking in Denver and I'm going to leave it mm. at that. Mm. <laughs> mm. I'm just, I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> mm, okay, so Alajay, with that, your final thoughts on Zach uh, Wilson, uh, Mike White, and where you think things are headed relative to this decision, particularly yeah. with how you think it's going to go, and what could be the fallout depending on how it goes or the the good fallout. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I mean, Saul has already come out and said, you know, this by no means means that Zach won't have an opportunity to start again later. Right now, I think that's dependent on how Mike White goes out there and plays. Right now, if he goes out there and plays like he did versus the Bengals, I don't know how you pull him. Right, <laughs> like it, mm -hmm. it, it'd be you'd be hard pressed to look at the rest of the team in, in the face and be like, you know, we got to go back to Zach. But why, Coach? You know, now if Mike White struggles, I could see them going back to Zach in a week or two. Right, but I think it was telling, like I said before, JoJo, that they ain't even they're not even going to dress the kid. Right, he's inactive. So mm -hmm. I, I mean. I, this is a message for Zach, right? We're going to see what type of, how he responds to adversity, right? Because he hasn't really had to in his, you know, college career. Now he's had some adversity in the league, but he's still so young, right? He's only played 20 games. So this will be interesting to see how he's able to bounce back because if you let this derail you as a quarterback, 
you were never ready to play quarterback in the NFL anyway, right? Because again, this is the most pressured position in the NFL. I talked about it earlier, JoJo. You get all the praise when things are going right, but then you get all the baggage when things are going wrong. So that's what you signed up for in the league. So I honestly think, you know, versus I think 29th ranked Chicago Bears defense, they're going to run the ball, right? They're going to they're going to run the football and they're going to get Mike in some easy throws. You'll see some bootlegs, you'll see some RPOs. Garrett Wilson I think is going to have a nice bounce back game. And the Jets have a stretch coming up, I think if I'm not mistaken, where they have the Chicago Bears, I think the Lions, the Vikings and the Bills coming up in the next 4 weeks. So if say Mike White goes 3 and 1, like can you pull him? I don't think so. I think they let him ride out for the rest of the season. But if you- Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, if Mike White's rolling, he's rolling. And basically the same thing that Ron Rivera just had to have a conversation with Carson Wentz and just Correct. basically, like, tell him, look, you know, Taylor Heineke's 4-1 right now as a starter. That's what it's going to be even when you are healthy. And until that, you know, ride is changing, that's what we're going to have to do. So I don't feel like that's even a question. Yeah, so I think that's where the Jets stand at right now, right? Mm-hmm. If Mike White goes out there, and and I think it was also telling JoJo, people tend to forget, right? Mike mm-hmm. White was inactive in the beginning of the year, right? Mm-hmm. They elevated him over Flacco to the number two spot. Maybe this was something that was coming down the pipes. I was just about to say, oh my weeks. gosh, I'm so glad that you said that because <laughs> this morning I was like, oh my gosh, you know what I'm saying? Like, And, and I'm like... Yeah, relative to this move, or, or you know, a few weeks ago, I was like, I, I, I just felt like the foreshadowing was already and, there. And they were like, oh, it's going to be Flacco, quarter- oh, it's going to be Mike. Of course, it was going to be Mike White. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. When have you yeah. ever heard a head coach really talk about the backup, right? When the starter is healthy and playing, right? Mm-hmm. When when they made a decision, they were like, well, we want, you know, Mike's done really well in practice. We want to see what he can do. In my head, I'm like, what do you mean by that? Or you know how the meme goes, what do you mean by that? Like mm-hmm. you want to see what Mike White. Well, can do and I still Jack think it goes to my tweet from what I said earlier today, and, that, and that's and I'll just separate that, compartmentalize that. That's my opinion. Yeah, but I I do feel the the organization has already you know kind of uh, categorized, sized up Zach. Doesn't mean that he can't evolve um, or what have you, but they've kind of collected their you know the meat of their assessment on him as, as things stands right now and that would include uh evaluating their options you know in the offseason relative to who's available whether that be jimmy g whoever somehow aaron Rodgers, you know figures out a way to want to mm. you know not be in green bay wh- whatever it is um uh you know they uh, will evaluate their options in my opinion and i think that they should um because relative to where their defense is i think that that also um, makes sense. But the last thing I wanted to say to put a bow on this conversation is when I was saying, you know, what's the final thought? My final thought is that, you know, the team, the Jets, Robert Sala saying to Zach Wilson with this message, you know, sometimes we got to just let you know. Mm. Yeah, for sure. hundred percent. I agree some, with that. Sometimes you just got to let folks know. You, you see what I'm to. saying? <laughs> so, you know, so, or whether it's tell you about yourself, as we say in the community, yep. <laughs> you, know, um, you know, or, or, or sometimes just, you know, letting you know that it don't, it, you know what I'm saying? Or, or as, we, or, or as the culture would say, you know, it ain't sweet. It, it ain't sweet. It ain't sometimes sweet. you got to let folks know it ain't sweet right now. You it know what I'm sweet. saying? That, yeah. that, that's the message. So when you talk about being inactive, that's, that's a message. That's what we're trying to. That's tell a you. massive sit, message. Sit, sit, sit there on the sideline and just, just know. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. This caboose can still move, and you know that's how quickly things can just shift on on you. You know what I'm the saying? Pendulum because, in the NFL. Yeah. 
because that's how much you have to respect the opportunity in each instance that you get to propel and pro, you know progress the team. It has to be taken care of like it's your like it's your child. You see what I mean? That so I get that, and and I'm with that, and I and I'm I'm in favor of that. I think not that it you know whatever, but I'm in favor of that. I do think it's the right decision. But listen, I appreciate us having a good conversation about this substantive conversation on the same day that the Jets make their announcement uh, that they are benching the starter uh, Zach Wilson in favor of Mike White, who is now the starter. Joe Flacco will be the backup, and Zach Wilson will be inactive. For Lejay Duesville, I'm Josine Anderson. This has been a special edition of The Crew to react to the breaking news, and we will see you next time. Thank you, Lejay. Of course. All right. Take care, love. Yep. Bye.